0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on
1: the Oz Network. It's the Oz Network, and we are rolling on with coverage of Breaking Bad. We're into season four, episode eight: Hermanos. A very uh, memorable episode, this one, um, directed by Johan Rink. And written by Sam Catlin and George Mastres, Um, first came out on September the fourth, two thousand and eleven. Really looking forward to talking this one through. And um, my name's Nick, and (laughs) you're going to make me big. Come on, just stick it in there.
0: Stole my goddamn quote. (laughs) Seriously, Um, far out. Um, My name is Ben, and this is Yoz Network, where something delicious is always cooking.
1: That was my second choice to be fair. Hey, there it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just I just I'm just glad that you went with one of the one of us went with it because all our Nip Tuck ones were always ever like sexual innuendos that kind of always sound funny <laughs> on their own, right? And you always went with the the, the more homoerotic ones. So um yeah. Hey, good to see you brought that back. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um windows been kind i think they were they were like blatant um <laughs> but, uh, but yeah anyway uh hermanos um very very good episode this one
0: yeah this is um this is incredible i love this episode and it's it's we've said it a lot with some of these episodes that it's kind of one that sneaks up on you in the fact that again like with what how this episode ends i always remember how it ends but like i always forget when it's coming um mm-hmm. and kind of yeah i just i just love it and like just I mean God, Giancarlo Esposito is just amazing What, just an absolutely amazing actor and just this this episode just showcases everything and it's kind of I, I mean saying this without super spoilering it in some way but it's kind of I'm sad that we kind of get all this heavy heavy stuff from him like right towards maybe when he's going to leave the show so um, it's I mean it's great but it's not it's kind of sad in a way but like I don't know. Like I, I, I love it. I, I can't complain. I, I shouldn't be complaining because this episode is amazing. And, and God, this, this guy just owns this episode, every single part of it. It's just, it's incredible.
1: Yeah. I think um, for me, like we kind of talked at the start of the season that he was a bit of a kind of, you know, like didn't have as many scenes at the beginning of the season. And it was, you know, quite Walton Skyler heavy. And now all of a sudden he's kind of like comes to the fore, doesn't he? And he's kind of the second half of the season. And um, it's, it's, kind of sounds funny to say after the whole kind of box cutter stuff but he does kind of have a real kind of heel turn almost here doesn't he like where he just becomes like a complete and utter kind of villain Um yeah. towards the end here and I like, you know like I think that you know one of these early scenes here where he's you know um being interviewed by the police is probably that turning point where he just suddenly just becomes you know the badass right and so yeah I think it's kind of um, it um kind of just his time to shine and you know we kind of get the best of him towards the end of the season, which is, you know, good timing. I'm, I'm certainly not complaining about that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's really, really great. I think you and I, but certainly me, I don't want to speak too much for you, but uh, I'm, I'm a real sucker for backstory um, and any kind of like, you know, when we get flashbacks or fill in people's histories and stuff. And so this is almost like an origin story for Gus, you know, like, um, so yeah, from that perspective, because he's such a fun character that we like so much, you know, how can we not like this episode, I guess.
0: And it's also like you mentioned, I think, a bit last week about how, you can kind of get away with telling a story but not filling in all the gaps and it's kind of, it's it's okay. Like, you know, we do want to know things and yeah, you can kind of question it, but you, you, you know, you don't always need to know everything. It's not like they're leaving a massive, massive hole in his story. But um, yeah, I mean, look, there's a reason why he's one of my favorite TV villains of all time and he's just, he's so good. And again, as I've said a few times, I haven't really touched on it in a while, but there's definitely some moments where I can almost say that, you know, outside of slitting people's throats and dealing illegal narcotics, you know, is he really the bad guy? <laughs> like, I mean, he's kind of like, you can kind of understand his his motives sometimes. Um, and like, I think this episode does a lot to kind of really see why like this cartel thing's happening and why he's going to be how he is kind of moving forward. So um, yeah, oh. I, I just, I'm saying this right now that again, there's large parts of this moving forward where I'm, I'm, I'm team Gus and not team Walt. I'm sorry, Breaking Bad fans.
1: Well, it's kind of like, uh, I remember the tagline for, was it like Alien versus Predator, where it's like, whoever wins, we lose. And yeah. It's like, you know, you've seen these two kind of bad guys go up against each other, and it's, it's actually a lot of fun. It's kind of like Kong versus, you know, Godzilla or whatever, isn't it, like these two kind of like titans going up against each other and you now we talked about it being like a chess match between these two but now it's going to suddenly become like a wrestling match almost towards the end because it's just going to be high impact so yeah I mean it's I think it's been earned and it's good to kind of get here but yeah we kind of get a really great episode to kind of you know introduce and kind of like explain why Gus is the way he is I guess um, and you know why revenge is, is an important part of his story um, in this this episode but we can kind of get into it because we we're straight away we get something I absolutely love which is kind of like a callback, you know, basically to um, – which episode was that? I think it was um, ICU, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Se- season three, I think, episode eight. So kind of a- around the same time last season, I think. Um, in fact, it was, yeah, season three, episode eight. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a callback to, to that. And we, we kind of get a replay of this, you know, the scene where kind of Walt and, and Gus have this kind of, um, you know, meet in the middle of kind of all these, um, these DEA um, agents kind of stand around outside after the whole, um, you know, Hank and the, the cousins thing. Um, so, so yeah, we we kind of just get a kind of a, a playback of that, um, which is, you know, like it's really, really cool. And we kind of get to see the, you know, the same scene kind of play out, which is, which is awesome. Um, and, and yeah, we kind of like, I, you know, get that kind of thing of, you know, like it, what what has actually happened, we kinda of get the the mic in the background as he kind of disappears and and then we kinda of, you know, we kinda of cut to the new stuff, which is, you know, we, we kinda of get to Hector at his uh at his rest home and this is where um you know Gus kind of comes in and and, and kinda of basically, you know, tells Hector what's happened really. Um, you know, and you know basically says this what does he say is the line of like this is what comes from you know um blood for blood or something like that is basically Mm. his line um yeah and and basically kind of tells the whole story of like you know I organised for this to happen and, and, you know, a call was made right before and, and the person who would know about that was Juan Bolsa, but, I, you know, he is now dead as well. And so, you know, it's just this real kind of, you know, Hector can't do anything about it. He's had a stroke, He you know, he can't even really react. Um And it, it's actually just like a, a, like a really kind of, um you know, like – it's a vicious thing to do to somebody even even after what they've been through which we'll find out in this episode that you know it just kind of shows Gus being like a real asshole um, which is you know kind of setting up the scene and and kind of you know the end of the scene basically is this transitionary shot of like we see blood in the water it's like we're into um, season 27 of Survivor here. <laughs> I um, that preview for yeah, season 27 of Survivor yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Is, is that and that's how it ends and that's obviously a bit of a um um you know a preview of what we're going to see at the end of the episode so yeah yeah, I think I, I love I love this. It, it's just so much fun.
0: Is this our first scene with Gus and Hector? I
1: th- yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Which, yeah, like, I, I'm on board with you too. Like I just I just love like a good ribbing from a villain just kind of like goating someone and, you know, Hector just can't do a damn thing. But um yeah, it's just so epic. And again, it just starts off straight away with just Gus being just such a such a vindictive prick. But again, like, I'm sorry. I'm kind of on board with him. Like, what, we're going to get at the end of this episode. I've kind of a completely understand, like, I'm probably the same guy here. I'm probably doing this shit. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to rub this in your face. You caused me this pain, so I'm going to do the same to you, you asshole. Um. So, yeah, I, I kind of feel weird that I'm uh, sympathizing here with Gus Fring, but, um, hey, cool. Um, but, yeah, it's just... It's just so good. Just the way he kind of just goats on and just, yeah, rubs in the face that all these people are basically dead. Uh, and yeah, just it's so good. And I yeah, I actually I mean, I used to hate that teaser for Survivor Season 27, but um I, I do kind of I like this one better. It kind of works uh works out well. So yeah, just I mean, God, such a great start to a, a yeah. great episode.
1: And I I think a lesser show would kind of um not deal in so much nuance and ambiguity of type, like who's the bad guy who really is the bad guy, because obviously you feel for for Gus and, and his character from what you see yeah. has happened to him by the end of this. So, you know, like you're actually kind of cheering for, you know, like where this kind of goes next, you kind of want Gus to succeed in, in his revenge plot, you know? And so, um yeah, I just, I think it's really interesting that, um, you know, like as I say, I think a lesser show would would probably make it really, really clear who you should root for here. But I think it's 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 not clear, um, and it's kind of left up to the viewer to kind of make their own decisions. and And, and I really like that. I think it's it, it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. And it's sort of, um, I mean, that's just the complexity of the show, isn't it? Where it's you weirdly are rooting for this guy, even though he's the guy we're meant to hate. Like he's the one who's standing in the way of our main lead of sort of what he's wanting to do when it's um yeah it's just so fascinating to think that like you don't like i often say that my probably my two favorite tv villains are you know gus Fring and benjamin linus from lost but i mean it's it's rare in in ben's case that you generally hate that guy the whole time even when he kind of feels moments where you feel sorry for him it's it's taken away from him pretty quickly like but I struggle to really like what I'm saying. Like I'm Team Gus. Like I, I probably, as I keep saying, root more for Gus for the remainder of this season than I do for Walt. And like I'm as much as I love the character of Benjamin Linus, I don't think I ever root purely for Ben. You know, because he kind of is a prick still. So it's interesting, right? Like it's, you know, it's yeah. like. I, I mean, I probably would root more for Darth Vader than Luke Skywalker when I'm watching. <laughs> but maybe I just like evil people, all right? That's why I like Die Another Day. I don't know, but... Um... Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's great. You're right. Like, the nuances and everything kind of with it, it's just it's just perfect. Because, like, this shouldn't be a thing. We shouldn't be watching sort of the, the backstory to sympathise with the villain. We should be just watching him kill younglings and, and <laughs> you know, do Order 66 and kind of all this sort of stuff. Not freaking realise that his brother or whatever is getting brutally murdered in front of him. So, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, bad guys have fun, right? So, younglings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Master Fring, what's happening?
1: <laughs> I can see the kind of meme mash-up as we speak. Um, can it, I just yeah. say, that little kid, I'm so glad he was one of the guys. That kid's annoying.
0: <laughs> Bloody young Jedi in Revenge. Master Skywalker, what's happening? Shut up. Kill him, Annie. Go for it. I hate them. For all of them. <laughs> It's all everyone's fault.
1: I think I need to move us on past uh, Anakin Skywalker (laughs) for everybody's sanity. But uh, yeah, we kind of get this this next scene, which just kind of feels like a bit of an odd one, really, which is kind of like Walt, you know, at the oncology clinic and he's basically getting like a, a regular check I don't think it's an annual like it's not really said if it's annual or whatever but like has his regular checks to make sure that he's still in remission um and it kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere this kind of return of the kind of cancer storyline uh but basically we kind of see him kind of chatting with this um this young guy who just had cancer kind of sneak up and he really wants to talk through things and Walt's like taking phone calls and being like you know like I'm, I'm busy I can't talk right now and and you know and then we see Walt kind of Basically saying, oh, don't let cancer, you know, take your life, you know, it's a death sentence anyway. So, you know, basically, you know, live your life how you want to live it. And um, I think he's like, like, you know, kind of like the book that I've got about Breaking Bad kind of said this pretty well, really, which is like he's trying to be the character of that gus already is you know this guy who's in control and and just does what he wants to do and i thought that's probably quite an apt kind of description of this you know the reason this is here is to show you know that that walt has aspirations to be this badass but actually we're going to see this whole couple of episodes play out and the real badass is is gus
0: yeah i i actually like this scene because i mean like we sort of i think recently mentioned about how this cancer storyline just kind of gets forgotten about so i think it's just kind of it's good that they kind of just shove it in there just to kind of remember that this is still a thing. But I just kind of like Dick Walt to this guy. Like, you know, because this poor guy, like he's this young, fit, attractive looking guy and he's kind of doing the whole cliche thing about like life was going great. We're having kids, building a house and then this hits you and kind of the stuff that, you know, obviously, sadly, this stuff kind of happens. And I just I just love Walt like taking phone calls and like, ah, oh, shut up and spare me this crap. Like, you know, it just, some, sometimes like, yeah, he's being a dick, but sometimes you kind of need someone like this, you know. You yeah, kind of yeah, need yeah. someone to say this shit to you when you're going through something like that. So yeah, I like it. I, I do kind of just like this. Walt is a dick and on the phone and just just not caring and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, it's it's it is random, but I, I think it's important. I think it's important for us to kind of just get a quick little, you know, hey, remember Walt's got cancer and mm. he's. You still got to get scans because we get the dinner table scene, don't we? Soon with Walt Jr. and he's like, How would yeah. you scan? Yeah, I'm good. So, yeah, I yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really good, um, but I, it does feel a little bit out of place. I think it just kind of comes out of nowhere, and I think it has kind of like a functional reason for being here. But uh, yeah, no, that's as you say, it's going to get linked back to a little bit later. And It's a nice little sort of reminder of, of the you know the cancer backstory here, which is you know the, I'm always thankful that they kind of bring us back to that to kind of remind us of the whole reason he's doing this as well. Um, kind of our next scene is a is a really good one, which is kind of Gus at the you know the police station being questioned, and we kind of see him in the, the kind of reception or whatever it is and there's kind of the wanted um thing of victor up on the on, you know the poster the the sketch um of, of him on the wall and, and you kind of see you know gus react to that and then you see him kind of come in and, and kind of have this kind of small talk and he's all kind of friendly and joking with these with these cops before they kind of get into the meat of this kind of thing and and ask him why his fingerprints were found on a murder scene and and you know like he's basically got this really, really polished story about why he was there, that, you know, kind of Gail was one of the recipients of a scholarship that he set up and, um, you know, to, to honour his friend who died and you know, who we're obviously going to meet later in the show. Um, and Gail had kind of, like, you know, tried to make contact with him recently, and 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 you know, welcomed him over for dinner at his apartment to talk through a potential business um, opportunity, which Gus, you know, discovered pretty quickly was a was a um, you know a, a drug deal, and so he didn't want any part of it, and said no, and and they kind of left, and um, you know, they kind of talk a little bit about you know. What he what he thought of Gail, you know, this really talented guy who, unfortunately, wanted to be involved in you know the underworld and um, yeah, I mean it's 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 you know really like I say it's a really polished story and kind of the only chink in the armor here is at the end when kind of um, Hank asks about why there's no record of him living in Chile, um, to which he replies that you know like it, it, it's part of the you know the, the the government over there and the you know um, General Pinochet and that you know that basically like records are really bad. So that's why it wasn't there. And, and, um, I I just love how this kind of ends where you kind of see him in the lift and you can kind of see, yeah, just like that, you know, like this kind of look on his face where he's kind of finally just, you know, that, that, that kind of um, front that he puts up, there's a bit of a break in it and you can kind of see, he's starting to lose it just ever, ever so slightly, which I think is a really important kind of thing for the the audience to see. So yeah, great, great scene.
0: I, um, one thing uh, at the beginning before he kind of takes a phone call to go down there. Um, I like kind of how he's sitting there just watching the security cameras and sort of Walt's all bored and everything, but I've just freeze frame the shot of his laptop and cause he's got a string of folders. He's got six folders on his desktop and, this, this may be why I like this guy so much because he's so freaking organized. And I just love the the folders that he has on his desktop. This is a Gus Fring, you know, organization. He has accounts, compliance, employees, expenses, receiving, and shipping. So, uh, he's very organized. They're all perfectly aligned, all on top of each other there on the right-hand side, right aligned on the desktop. So, uh just makes me happy to see organization like that. So, uh, good, <laughs> good job, Gus. But, yeah, like I just... Again, just there's so much about what Giancarlo Esposito does with this character. Like we talked about it in Box Cutter, that just the whole what makes it so epic in the lead up to him slitting Vincent's throat is just the silence. It's the taking off of the tie, the jacket, like all that kind of stuff. Like just him sitting here, waiting outside the room, and just kind of glancing a little bit to the left of him, looking at the wanted Vincent thing, and just how kind of calm he is and stoic. And then kind of just yeah, they sort of joking back and forth with. The, the cops and all these people that he knows and then just this whole story, which, you know, again, it seems very well rehearsed because it is, and, but he just he sells it so well. Like he pulls out his little diary and he's just like, oh, I was at this fundraiser between this time and this time and, you know, explains this and explains that. And, yeah, kind of even sort of when Hank sort of pulls out the sort of the, the, the wild card there with the whole Chilean sort of thing, it's kind of you can sort of see a bit of a look on his face, but he still completely reacts calmly. But, Oh, you talk about scenes. It's, it's almost chilling, this scene in the, uh, the lift, because just the close-up you've got on his hand, how he's kind of doing that thing with his fingers. And then the way the camera pans up to him, he literally looks in the camera. He breaks the fourth wall, and, like, this shouldn't happen, and we should hate this. This should be stupid. Like, this is dumb, but just... It's almost like, oh, it's just... It's chilling that he's looking at the audience and just doing that. Like, I just... Oh, like if you were to just rank random Breaking Bad scenes that you love, like I just love the way they kind of do this on his face and he literally looks in the camera for what is half a second before it fades to black. Like it's just – it's chilling. What other show does that? It shouldn't work. I should hate it. This is some of those things that I complain about in all our movies and TV recaps about stupid editing that doesn't work. But this just – oh, it gives me chills. And I've seen this how many times? I don't know. I love it.
1: Yeah, and I think um – Look, I don't even really see it as that much of like breaking the fourth wall, but just like almost like the the camera crew as a documentary film crew at that point, you know, and they've actually just caught the scene, you know, like I think that's kind of how I read it. And and that's what's great about it is that, you know, depending on your perspective, you'll see different things, which is which is really cool. Right. Um, So, yeah, I think it's just. For me, I think this is just kind of like that that moment. It's almost like the, the the moment of no return for Gus. Now you know, like things are starting to spiral out of control because you know we obviously know that he's not just dealing with the cops asking questions, but also he's dealing with the cartel. Uh, you know, uh, are in on his business as well. So there's kind of like this, um, you know, he's been closed, in, the walls are kind of starting to close, and around him now. Um, so you know, life's starting to get pretty pretty serious for him. Um, and you know, for a guy that's been able to kind of, I guess, compartmentalize all these these um, kind of criminal activities in his life um you know suddenly he's not able to do that as successfully so i I just think it's a really it's it's a really effective way of showing that and it's one of those things where like i think you know on any other show any other season this would be like an automatic top five but we're going to have to really push to get something like this in here because of how good this season is so you know like it probably won't make our top five it might but probably not and then that's just a mark of how good this season is
0: just to kind of look through my notes here, because I've forward-watched a few of them, so I've marked one top five moment for this episode, and it's not this scene, but, um, you know, maybe I'll just add that just for, for reference point down the line. Next week I've got two potential top five moments, and then the following week I've got another potential top five moments, and these aren't we're not even up to the, oh, we've probably got, uh, you know, four guaranteed moments this season that will make it, and they're what, all Gus moments. Um, so... <coughs> I mean that's just insane. We we're, we're gonna be. I feel so freaking hard to fight over <laughs> like <clears throat> this final potential spot. Like it's just insane how stacked this season is. I mean, God, I can't even think about what next season's gonna be like.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and yeah, just just such a great little acting scene as well. But uh, we kind of follow on and it. We we go into the you know the kind of debrief between these cops about you know do they buy the story basically and and basically we see like all the all the other cops, um, and we should have mentioned that obviously this is the one where the uh, Albuquerque PD are there as well, so it's kind of like a joint investigation at this point. Um, and and yeah, I think, um, basically, you know, all the rest of them are sold, you know, they'll follow up on those alibis and all that kind of thing, but it sounded convincing to them, type of thing. Um, whereas Hank obviously is, is you know, not nearly as sold on the story, so um, yeah, a frustrating scene, I guess, for Hank because he's he's kind of convinced of this, but uh, he, and nobody else seems to be convinced at this point.
0: I will just myself. Three of those four moments, sorry, involved Gus. I'm, I'm literally there going to, but that doesn't sound right. I feel like there's not a fourth one like with Gus, but then all of a sudden it kind of clicked uh, what that fourth one was. But, um, and actually just really, I'm, I'm going to talk about the scene, but, I actually think right now I could name the five moments because there's a, the fifth one that I'm now thinking, of, there's a very famous scene in one of these episodes coming up, which I feel has to be in there as well. So I think this season sold on the five already uh, right now, uh, just just for thinking. Anyway, um, but, yeah, I, I kind of like this sort of debrief scene because it to me this is almost like the audience because, like, you know, okay, we know that Gus is lying. We, we clearly know that he's lying, but, I mean, in some way, like, I feel like I'm a cop and I'm watching Gus and am I believing him? And I'm kind of there going, I'd believe him. Uh, like, and I know the guy's lying. So it's kind of, it's interesting that I do kind of like the way they sort of uh, sort of break this down and obviously it's going to lead Hank into kind of, you know, turning into James Bond from License to Kill. Why do I keep referencing <laughs> License Secure Kill recently? Um, but <laughs> give me a badge and you can't. We're not a country club, 007. Um, but... Yeah, but he's not quite as dramatic as Timothy Dalton. He doesn't kick Gomi here and and jump out of a a tree. Um, I like to see it. Um, But, yeah, no, I'm with you. I I like it. I kind of like the debrief scene.
1: Um, yeah, it, it's good. Um, we then kind of um, next one we've got is uh, this kind of weird scene where you kind of like, what the hell is uh, you know Andrea and Saul doing together in a scene that seems a bit strange? And, and obviously we find out that um, you know Saul's been tasked with providing some money to Andrea on a regular basis, um, which is coming from Jesse, which we obviously find out by the end of the scene. But you know they kind of moved into this house, and um, Andrea's there with Brock, and um, and you know um, <laughs> Saul's having this kind of weird interaction with Brock, and gives of money kind of leaves and and um, now she asks about Jesse and how's he doing and um then goes out to the car and Jesse's actually in the car um and you know he wants to know how they're doing and and um, you know Saul kind of says oh well you know like if you want to know go and see them basically um, which he does he kind of gets out of the car and leaves so it's kind of just like this little scene but kind of setting up that uh, you know that that Jesse's now going to be kind of you know the Jesse Andrea storyline is going to be back which probably isn't thrilling to you but uh, I, I, I never minded the two of them too much so it, it doesn't bother me all that much um, we got a nice little Huell scene here where he's standing outside the, the house kind of <laughs> this, uh, this lady's watering her garden and, and looking at Huell standing there so yeah, that's
0: that's what's fun. <laughs> I, l- I love random old lady watering a hedge while giving Huel a, a sneaky, like, disapproving look. Um, racist granny, let's just call her that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, this is probably the most uninteresting scene in the episode to me, but it, it's important. Like, as much as I maybe don't like the... Andrea, like, I mean, Andrea, again, she's just, she's Jane light. She's, she's no personality. Cool. There she is. Great. Jesse's going to have someone to be important in, him. She's just not Jane. Just stop trying to make a thing. But um, I think it's kind of like the, the cancer scene with Walt in that you kind of need it. Like what we're going to get moving forward in this season with Brock and Andrea, we, we kind of need a scene like this to just, just a brief little, hey, remember her. Remember, mm. Jesse still cares for her. Cause if you didn't have this and then what happens, happens, you might be questioning like this kind of came out of nowhere. So yeah. it's just, it's filler, it's random, but it's, it's important. So, and plus we get a great Hulk scene and we get some great soul stuff talking to brock here about his childhood so i mean i i'm never going to complain about uh soul basically talking about um chasing girls with sticks yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> which you could see soul doing right you could literally yes. see him chasing girls with sticks
1: yeah yeah absolutely um, then we get another kind of little important scene that's going to you know pay off in, in future episodes um, but basically this is Skyler's kind of dealing with all this excess cash that she's now got because she can't launder it all so she's kind of um, you know putting it into these kind of um, vacuum sealed bags of clothes and kind of hanging them all in the wardrobe and eventually you know like the, the actual the, the kind of rod of the the, the wardrobe snaps in half and, and all these things kind of fall down because um, it's so heavy um, so she ends up basically storing them under the house in the kind of crawl space, um, which we obviously saw, you know, Walt had a, a particular interest in, um, a couple of seasons ago. Um, and so we, we kind of see him there and, uh, yeah, then that kind of transition us into a scene, um, basically where they're, they're all having dinner with, you know, like, um, Walt and Skyler and Walt junior have got, uh, Hank and Marie over for dinner and basically saying that he's, uh, yeah, he's still in remission. So they're going to have to, you know, deal with put up with him for a little bit longer yet. Um, and uh, yeah, and then Marie's talking about the the whole, um, you know, the, the work situation for Hank and, and Hank doesn't really want to talk about it. And um, you know, they had a big meeting, but Hank doesn't really want to talk about it. Um, and yeah, and basically then asks, Walt well, if he can drive him to a, a, like a mineral show or something, the mineral expo or something the next day. So yeah, kind of like a, a collection of little scenes that kind of uh, set us up for, for where we go next.
0: I love backpacks. Can I just say that? Backpacks um, <laughs> are a godsend when you were traveling. I don't know if you've ever used them, Nick, but... Um, Not really, no. Like, I don't know about you. When, when I was a kid and I'd get bored because you didn't have the internet, you didn't have phones, you didn't have those kind of things, right? Like... I would watch like the home shopping channel because why not? And I used to always be suckered into like these things like, oh, that looks so cool. those are so cool. But like, I never knew people who bought these things. Like it was just kind of you just saw them and okay, cool, whatever. I remember the first time I ever got a backpack. It was kind of clicked in my mind. Like I used to see these things happen. Like call now within the next 30 minutes, you get a free set of steak knives, all those kind of things. And you'd always question if these things worked. The first time I tried a backpack and it worked, my mind was blown. I was like, "Holy crap! These are amazing!" So, just want to take a moment in time right now to praise the inventor of a vac pack. They're fantastic, mm. but um, yeah, obviously important. Clearly, what we're going to get a very famous episode in a few weeks' time around this. But um, yeah, I kind of I like this dinner scene again. Kind of important to hear that Walt is doing okay. So, there's your quick update for the cancer for the season. Um, but one thing I got a question now, we've talked a lot about color on this show, obviously with Walt's sort of the colors that he wears moving forward, Marie and purple. Is there a thing around orange and Walt Jr.? Because I think it was last week he was wearing like an orange sort of sweater. This week he's got an orange Illuminati looking logo on his t-shirt. And then next week or the week after he's wearing one one of the most hideously ugly orange jackets I've ever seen on TV. So... I, I don't know if that's a thing. Like, I know Vince Gilligan likes his colours on this show. I, I just don't know if orange was ever a thing with Walt Jr., if that had any meaning to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, nothing's jumping out at me, but um, that's not to say that there, there isn't something there because, yeah, it's very unlikely that it's just a, a random choice. There will be probably something behind that. Um, and, you know, like I, I think we could probably almost kind of Google search, you know, like what are the – I'm doing you know, that now while yeah, you're what talking. The- I'm seeing if
0: something comes up.
1: Yeah, is there any kind of meaning behind behind the colour orange? Because yeah, there's as we've talked about on the show, like, you know, colours are really, really important part of, of, you know, breaking bad and 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 what they're trying to tell. Um, it's kind of more thematic than trying to, you know, like it's not exactly trying to like um, tell you any secrets. It's just like a bit of a thematic thing that they do in order to, to kind of separate the characters out really more than anything.
0: It's just literally you're typing in and all it comes up with is Walter Jr. orange juice. Orange juice. Walt Jr. likes breakfast and orange juice. So maybe that's the nod. Maybe it's affected. Oh, ha-ha, breakfast, hilarious. So he's got to wear orange all the time. So... Yeah.
1: I, I, maybe I'm just reading into that. So, it's warping
0: my little brain. <laughs>
1: so, so I've just done a quick Google search, like the psychology of colors and um, orange. Uh, oranges um, comes to mind feelings of excitement, enthusiasm and warmth. Um, oh. It's used to draw attention, um, which is why it's a traffic light color um, and linked to autumn and the color of dying leaves and pumpkins. So, well, I, I think, think of
0: p- pumpkins. I think of Walt Jr. So, yeah, <laughs>
1: who well, I think probably that idea of kind of, um, you know, like excitement and and warmth and enthusiasm—that kind of feels like a, a Walt Jr. thing, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like, I think maybe it just comes from a fact that, I mean, I'm, I don't know if it's next week of the week. I think it's the episode 10, but he's wearing these really, I like the color orange. It's one of my favorite colors, but it's just this jacket is so freaking distracting in this episode that I'm just like, what <laughs> the hell is that jacket? Um, So, maybe that just kind of stuck to my mind. I noticed when we were doing last week, flicking development well, he's wearing orange again, and this is orange Illuminati style t-shirt that he's wearing. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, like I say, it's it's, it's never kind of, um, you know, like coincidence when it comes to color is on the show so there will be a reason and um maybe we can try and do a bit of digging at some point in the future and see if we can find that out we know that
0: vince is a listener clearly after last week yes so that's right you know, that's right it's a message yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Give us the colour wheel, the Breaking back colour wheel. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we uh, we then kind of like have this um, an, a, a, quite a big scene here, really, where basically, you know, Walt thinks he's driving driving Hank to the uh, the Mineral show, and it's actually, you know, that was a cover story. So, that, you know, take me to uh, Los Polos um because, uh, you know, like I've got a bomb to drop on you that uh, you, know, have, you really have your mind blown that, you know, he suspects that Gus is a, is a drug dealer. And you know, so Walt's got to kind of feign ignorance during the scene, which he does. Pretty well, I think actually. Um, and yeah, but he wants um, wants um, Walt to put a tracker on the car basically, like this magnetic tracker, um, onto Gus's car so I can kind of see where he's going. Um, and yeah, obviously, Walt, Walt's pretty um, uncomfortable about doing this, um, for, for obvious reasons, and um, but you know, kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here. Well, what can he do about it? Um, and you yeah, know, so basically, Walt kind of has no option really. He kind of has to has to go out and do it. Um and yeah, he kind of um and, and then of course obviously Mike pulls up in the car next door as well, which just adds an extra kind of complication to this. Um and you kind of see like Walt kind of like gets out of the car and, and as he goes to you know he goes down towards the car and you know ties shoelace up as as the reason to put it on and then kind of doesn't do it. And then to, he kind of carries on into the you know into the restaurant where he kind of meets meets Gus and Gus does the whole can I help you pretend he doesn't know Walt type of thing and and you know we kind of see them try to have this kind of coded conversation which I love kind of you see this thing of Gus being like do it you know like the way he says do it I think is really really cool like it's just like you know like do it have a nice day type of thing like just manages to kind of sneak it in there um, and yeah and so obviously you see him kind of come out and, uh, and, and he, he manages to put it on and I think what this does kind of um, inadvertently for Walt kind of makes him seem even more kind of you know idiotic and in and kind of you know again just takes the, the kind of attention off him uh, in a roundabout way which i think is really really good um and and yeah you, you see him kind of um what he kind of comes back and says he wants to wanted to make sure that he absolutely had it connected so that's why he had to go back to the car so yeah it's just kind of like this you know a little bit of kind of um you know like a, it's a tense scene but there's also quite a lot of kind of physical comedy in the scene as well
0: yeah and is this the first time that we've had gus and walt together since um box cutter i think it is yeah i, I
1: think it is yeah
0: generally kind of uh, avoid and this is the first time we get a uh, car tracker which becomes a bit of a thing yes, yes. so it's kind of that and i like i love how he says you buy them from sky mall and I, i'm wondering if this is like a, i want, kind of want to buy one of these i've got no one to track i don't know anything, <laughs> But um, i don't know like i just feel like i want to go to like a, a neighbor's car and just like you know sneakily put it under and then kind of leave it for a week and then kind of get it and then fucking see where they're up to, right? And it's like, oh, cool, it works. Like, you know, like, I wonder if this is actually a, a thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's – I, I kind of like sort of, you know, Walt just driving him here, mundane conversation about starting a a, a collection when he was a kid and then just, just everything that kind of goes from here. And I love Brian Cranston's acting here, this kind of, you know, like – the way he keeps, like, questioning Hank, like, oh, so what did he say? When you brought him in, what did he And Hank's just like, hey, will you let me tell my story here? Um, and just, yeah, the the sequence just with him and Gus, just I, I'm with you. Just the whole, like, hey, can I help you? Do it. Would you like something else with that? Like, just kind of the way yeah. he's got that really creepy smile on his face. um, And then just that look that sort of Gus has when he's looking out the window as he kind of walks off too. But uh, I also love Hank when sort of Walt gets back in the car, where's my soda? And he's like, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of says it with like such a like a, a straight face. Like, I'm the worst in the world. I'm so gullible. Like I would fucking fall for that shit. I'm like, oh for fuck's sake, I'll go in and get you one. Like and not even wait for him to laugh at it. But um yeah, it's great. I love it. It's oh just everything's so good about it.
1: Yeah, and, and like I say, it's one of those kind of classic Breaking Bad of like you know it diffuses the tension, or it kind of maybe raises the tension with the comedy aspects to it, which I think makes it really really fun to watch. Um, and then we kind of like follow up straight away with kind of like you know Walt gets to the super lab and goes and kind of like spills his guts to the you know to the uh, to the camera basically to explain to Gus that he kind of had no you know no option he kind of had to do it and hank's got no evidence and he's on his own you know like he's acting on his own um and and so yeah i think that's kind of like just quite a nice follow-up to that but uh then we kind of you know we follow on we kind of um you know um we see um Basically Jesse's at home in this horrific shirt. Um, I don't quite know yeah. like a, like that is one hell of that is He's one hell of a shirt back to the shit clothes. This <laughs> looks like something you'd wear to like Mardi Gras or something yeah. like it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um but It just doesn't, yeah, doesn't
0: suit it because it's like skulls and bling. Like if I'm thinking like heavy metal like Billy Garcia's skull shirt doesn't have like the bling aspect to it. Like it just, it's, it's like they're mixing heavy metal and
1: rap. It just, it doesn't work. Does it? Yeah. It's kind of like a weird combination, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I, I don't understand it at all. But um, have you finished talking about the scene? I know I jumped in there, Sorry to interrupt. Like, oh no, 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 just down. yeah,
1: yeah. Oh no, no. Well, there's, there's obviously more there. We're basically kind of, you know, Walt's basically saying that we need to need to kill Gus this week, basically. You know, that's kind of what needs to happen. And and um, Jesse says, "Oh, there's no meetings this week." You know, one was well, supposed to be one, but it got cancelled. Um, and we kind of, you know, kind of see him kind of walk off, and his phone goes off, and so Walt checks it and there's a text basically saying oh like we'll have a meeting we've got a meeting later on or something like that um and um yeah and then jesse kind of comes back in and walt says oh you you missed a a phone call says oh it's nothing important and so walt's obviously pissed off because he feels like jesse's lying to him at this point so so yeah i think it's just kind of building the tension between these two guys at this point i like kind of when walt's talking
0: to the the camera and he's basically you know saying about how what does he say, like if something happens to Hank then that causes a problem and, you know, like kind of defending and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's sort of – this is really the the sort of the opening bit of Walt versus Jesse. Because, I mean, they've kind of been quite civil this season, Walt and Jesse, in many ways, haven't they? And sort of mm. this is now really the first real time when Walt's obviously getting a a bit sceptical with the phone and the, and the message and everything along those lines too. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean – I don't have a whole lot to add. I think you kind of covered everything with it. It's good to see that Jesse's house is looking quite nice now. He's um, yeah. you know, got a nice throw for the, a good the job. couch. That's a throw for your couch. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, that freaking shirt. Like, I'm glad you brought it up. Like, I was all high on his fashion last week with the Steve Aoki T-shirt and everything along those lines. But, um, Jesus Christ, I, I don't know what the hell this is. And uh, <laughs> I thought Jesse's fashion was getting good again, but clearly not. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean at least it's, at least it fits I suppose as, yeah. you know that's, a, that's that's a good start. Um yeah, and so then we kind of uh, we got the scene where basically Gus and Walter talking on the phone so uh sorry Gus and Mike not Gus and Walt and um basically saying that you know um Mike's obviously done some of his uh, his detective work and found out that uh DEA and the police don't have anything on him and he's not a suspect um and and that basically Hanks acting on his own which kind of confirms Walt's story from earlier on. Um and, and um, yeah, basically saying that he he believes that um, you know that, that the cartel are the bigger issue. We kind of see Gus kind of moves the he's been moving the tracking thing, you know, off his car and onto the the kind of trash can in between. You know, each time that he leaves, so that you know when they when they get the data, it's it's uh, you know it it's not going to tell the full story of where he's been. Um, And then kind of, we see uh, Gus kind of leaves and, and um, he heads back to, to basically, you know, to fill Hector into, you know, just, just um, punish him some more to basically say that, uh, you know, the cartel have kind of made him an offer and, and he's uh, he's not accepted it. Um, and, that, you know, and also that the DEA is sniffing around to kind of like filling in, you know, this guy who can't really, you, you know, can't, can't actually say anything back. He's kind of given him this information. So, so yeah, I think that's um, kind of like a bit of an info dump there before we kind of head into this this last scene of the, of, well, a really, really big last scene of, of the episode.
0: Yeah, I what was what does Mike say about Hank? He says something like he's he's mis driving Miss Day- Daisy with binoculars or something like that, the way he's kind of like trying to explain that, you know, Mike's gone total uh, Hank's gone totally maverick. So um yeah. I kinda like that. But um I've got to, one thing I've got to quickly question here is is I mean, Gus puts this magnet on the trash, which, you know, I'm sure most people don't know what it is, but I mean Homeless guy walks past, some kid goes past, curious, what's this mm. going on? Like, what happens? Like, shouldn't you just leave it just him in his careless. office or something yeah. like that? You know, like, yeah, yeah, that'd be the the safest way to do it. Um, again, yeah. not going with these motives, but um, yeah, I love again the goading of Hector. Like, it's just, it's so great the kind of way he does it. Like, it's kind of like he's treating him like he's therapist or something like that. Like, oh, this is what's happening to me today. How about you? So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's setting us up for what is a very fucking epic final. It's like a the core of the episode really, isn't it, this sort of whole, whole yeah, yeah. sequence.
1: Yeah, it is really good. So I think it is one really big scene so I might just kind of like break it down into pieces and then talk through each one because rather than me go through the whole thing and then try and get you to recap as well is a bit unfair on you because there's there's so much going on here. So yeah, we obviously get this kind of transition into a, um, a flashback and I, I don't think it actually says on the screen but uh, you know Breaking Bad Wiki tells me that it's 1989 um, so my apologies if it actually does say that on the screen but I don't remember seeing that. Um, but yeah, and, and so uh, yeah, we you basically kind of get this, you know, and I love kind of like the, it's kind of sepia tone, you know. We've kind of got these real kind of yellow hues to it that kind of, you know, sets it apart. Has been a different time, I think, which is really, really good. And it's obviously a, a flashback to, um, to Gus and and you know we see him in this kind of younger form, um, with more hair and 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 it's not grey and he's not wearing glasses and he's in this kind of like you know fancy suit and he's there with his, with his partner Max, you know, his business partner. Um, and you know they're the, they are the Lost Polis which I don't know if we've ever said, but that obviously translates to the chicken brothers and so you know the title of this episode is Hermanos which means brothers so um, it's, it's basically about these two guys is, is what it's about um, and we kind of get them kind of poolside kind of waiting for people to show up and um, and that's where we get kind of Hector and his, his, his much younger version kind of comes in and pees in the pool um, and basically has a go at them about uh, you, you guys would like that which we might get to a little bit later and talking about what, what he means by that um, and yeah and this is kind of where we, we kind of we also have one bolster is there as well. Um and then we get the uh the big the big man himself comes in which is Don Don Aladio, um who's the you know the big cartel boss kind of comes in and says he loves the chicken and um and and then talks about that, you know, that they're also um being given I love how how he says it, the methamphetamina or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, the way he says it in Spanish is really good. Um and you know and and basically that this is just, you know, they they weren't sold it. Though it was samples that um, that they'd been given, and so um, yeah, and basically we kind of get Donaladia. You know, is, is not that impressed by this, and um, and you know we, we we kind of get this whole thing that Max is that is the chemist of this this pair, whereas um, you know Gus is that is the. the the businessman behind it. Um, they talk about, you know, that meth is, you know, um, a lot more kind of, um, addictive and, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of money in it now and it's the kind of drug of the future basically. Um, and also that, you know, it can be made in Mexico, which is obviously where this is, where this is taking place. It's in Mexico. And this is where we also kind of finding out that Gus is, is from Chile, which we obviously found out earlier on. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably a good place to stop and just, you know, have you got any thoughts on there before we kind of, um, bowl on to the rest of us.
0: The effects are really good. The makeup sort of like to look everyone make them look all younger. You know, it kind of it it, it works it really does and this is pre Rogue 1 carry fishering things right so like kind of it's it's yeah it looks it looks really good but um I mean the thing that there's so much to love about everything that we're going to get here and like I've written down potential top 5 and you could literally have this whole 10 minute sequence cuz like it's just it's gripping like it's just so entertaining and just kind of you know and obviously what's going to happen right at the end with it it's even more entertaining but i just kind of like this backstory without it being super backstory because as you say like you don't know it's not like you have a a flash on the screen saying like mexico 1989 like it's just it's this is the thing like it's good to know that but sometimes it's just you don't need to know that you know it's in the past you can see they're younger that's all you need to know right um, and obviously we've got Hector here walking and young and everything and Juan Bolsa and everything there too, as you're saying. But I just kind of like the way it kind of, it just leads up to everything when you, you're going to meet sort of the big bad and just Dick Hector here, basically you know like, Oh, if they want a drink, they should have a drink and y- y- you know, things like that, which kind of shows that again, going back to my point about how I'm team Gus, you can kind of see why he, he's being a dick to this guy because this guy was a dick to him. Um, so, like, again, it's kind of just the revenge. But even even just I love the way, again, Giancarlo Esposito kind of plays this. You can tell he's, like, nervous and not quite on the level that he is, you know, now that we're seeing in, in the show. And um, the the other guy here uh, who, what is the actor's name? I'm trying to find.
1: Uh, oh, the, the Max the character
0: max character the actor is james martinez there we go yeah i uh, thought he was really familiar
1: too. he was i thought he was really familiar but then when i kind of looked through his like, like credits there wasn't anything he, that jumped out at me as like you oh, know that's who he looks, looks like
0: he looks like um is his name mike from survivor one world um oh he's the only one we never interviewed on survivor oz uh, he was Michael the Jefferson, one
1: whatever he's yeah, called, yeah. Yeah.
0: Is it Michael, the one I'm thinking of? He kind of all—he's actually almost got a bit of Matt from Nip Tuck. He's almost got a bit of John yeah. Hensley about him, doesn't he? So, yeah, he does, um, yeah. yeah but like, oh, I just—I just love this kind of whole lead-in and just everything along the lines and just what we're gonna get here with this chat. And like, yeah, the um, the whole sort of chat about the drug of the future. Like, I actually like—I like this kind of backstory about the drugs because it's mm-hmm. sort of—it's a great little explanation because I guess what we know from stereotypes cocaine is the south american latin american drug right like i don't know about how other drugs work in other parts of the world so i kind of like this whole notion about it being the biker crank and what we've heard in the past and things along those lines too of how they obviously transition from cocaine into methamphetamines and everything so it's just it's just interesting like this scene doesn't feel like it goes for like 10 minutes and you're sort of only nah. able to be about halfway through talking about it. But um, one thing too, actually, I don't know if I'm jumping in here to kind of allude to what you want to talk about, but um, I, yeah, I, I kind of always assumed that Gus and, and Max were lovers. And it's yeah, well, I guess it's never been like confirmed.
1: The, yeah, it's probably a good a good time as any to talk about it, as obviously there's um you know, a bit of a and it is nothing more than a fan theory really that um that yeah these two were were you know like romantically linked um and you know does that change what you think of Gus as a character and my answer is no I don't it doesn't really you know it doesn't it, affect it's it not at all. A, yeah, it's, it's not something that's ever really kind of, you know, his kind of personal life is not something that's ever really touched upon. Um, so he, says he has really, kids at one point, yeah, 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 he does, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, like I, basically the the book I've got has kind of said that, um, um, Giancarlo Esposito kind of said he didn't really see it that way, but then I've read other stuff that says that he kind of always did well, assume that, that he was yeah. gay. So on the um, trivia
0: on Breaking Bad Wiki, it says here that, um, it says, even Esposito himself interpreted the character as probably being gay. Um, and then Vince Gilligan has always, apparently, this is, again, Breaking Bad Wiki is saying this, the show always officially went against confirming or denying whether or not they were a couple. However, Vince apparently has also said that they probably were lovers. So Right. But, you know, again, like this is your point about how backstory is good but you don't, like, Who cares? it doesn't affect them at all. Like, mm. it doesn't affect his character at all. And mm. it's kind of interesting to kind of have that interpretation there where you can kind of, do I mean, like, to me they are. That's just my interpretation. But it doesn't change anything. Like, mm. you know, I don't all know, well, Fring's gay. Well, that makes him different. Like, no, it doesn't. Like, it, it's just it's just another layer to the, the character. And at the end of the day, who cares who he goes home to bed with? He's still yeah. an evil prick and a character that I love. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, I think it's like it reminds me of the whole, you know, when, you know, J.K. Rowling, you where know, we, we've mentioned, uh, you know, previously, you know, she said that Dumbledore was gay kind of after the books mm. came out and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, okay, don't really care. It doesn't really change anything of how the story kind of plays out. So there was, um,
0: there was that one I've talked about on our other shows too, and I probably brought it up here as well. But um, I, I forget the actor's name. We, we've talked about him a lot. But there was a TV show, Southland, which was. Um, sort of a a co-creation of one of the guys who did Third Watch, a really, really good cop show. And um, there was sort of a main cop on that show, very like stereotypical masculine type of cop. And there was just an episode where you sort of see him wake up in the middle of the night and get a drink or something like that. And he comes back to bed and then you realize lying next to him, he's like his his husband or his boyfriend. And it's just kind of like, you're kind of like, you're taken aback. Because it's kind of that type of character where you kind of, like, holy crap, like he's he's gay. Like I would never guess that. But then it's never made mention again. It's just kind of like, it's not <clears throat> done for like shock value. Like, holy crap, this guy's gay. Like it, it doesn't come up. It's just, it's really tastefully done. And you, yeah. you are literally like, wow, I would have guessed he's gay. Okay, well, that's fine, moving on. And it's just kind yeah. of, you just, you keep on going. And it's like, it's a really nice little moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, obviously, we'll kind of, um, you know, get to maybe one of the reasons why the, the kind of that angle is believable as we kind of play out the rest of the scene, which is obviously you kind of get the whole thing of, you know, um Ardeo likes the idea of doing this whole methamphetamine thing, but he you know, he also says that, you know, basically he's been, you know, um, disrespected by them kind of basically forcing him into having a meeting. And you can kind of see they start to panic here a little bit because, you know, they're... They think they're getting themselves in, in hot water and this is kind of, you know, you kind of, and that, I think this is where you said also that, you know, like go and get them some glasses so they can have a drink if they want to have a drink and this, is where you kind of see um, Hector kind of get up. Um, and um, then you kind of see Max is kind of stepping in to kind of, you know, basically explain this away and... um and, and yeah, he's starting to see the danger in the situation. So he wants to kind of step in and explain, you know, the, the situation and, and why they've done what they've, you know, in terms of setting up the meeting. Um, and, you know, while he's kind of explaining that kind of almost out of nowhere, you kind of get this thing of kind of Hector kind of comes in from out of the frame and and basically just shoots Max through the head. It's like, it's really, really intense, you know, he just kind of like just nails him in the head. It's um, yeah, it, it, it's a pretty crazy scene. And, and you know, like, I think just like the reaction of it is, is pretty amazing two of, you know, kind of you see um, the kind of like the blood splatter onto onto um, Gus and has kind of like his reaction is kind of like shocked reaction is, is really kind of believable. It's you know it, you just can't believe what the hell's happened. Um and it just it all kind of feels like it happens in slow motion. You kind of just see Max like kind of fall. And obviously his head's kind of like just tilted over the side of the pool. And so like his blood's kind of like draining into the pool, which obviously is the, the scene that we kind of, you know, got the the blood going into the water at the beginning of the episode. Um and this is where you kind of see something that we've never really seen from the Gus character before if he kind of just absolutely flips out and You know, like he's uh, he's absolutely shocked and, um, you know, and he's screaming and he tries to attack Hector and gets held back and that's where they kind of like – Put a knee on And kind of like Boot on his neck and, and make him Kind of lie down Next to Max And watch kind of like You know All the all the blood drain Out of his head And into the pool And you know Like he's he's screaming And he's just like Incredibly upset And that's a side of Gus That we've never really seen before So it's you know It's really really Kind of just Incredibly affecting To kind of watch this happen And you kind of See him in tears And and you know I think like You kind of get that scene The kind of The line basically From Don audio Basically saying that You know um, You know the only reason is that, you know, that he's dead and you're not, is that we know who you are and, you know, you, know, you. I'm the boss, basically. Like if, if if I say that we do this, we do it, but it will be my decision. You know, like I, I'm the boss, don't forget your place type of thing. So it's really just sending a message there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, you know, it, it's really, really effective and, you um, yeah, and then we kind of just, you know, kind of it goes back to the the present day, which is kind of, um, you, you know, we see um, we're back at the rest home, and, and we kind of see Gus with Hector, and he's kind of doing that kind of look at me thing, like trying to get him, will he look at me, and um, and you know, kind of Hector's refusing, um, and yeah, I think it's just like a a good way to kind of end end this episode, but yeah, I mean, it's an absolute kind of shocking moment, but you know, incredibly impactful. I think it's you know, like you just like, wow, this is this is incredible and it kind of just gives that backstory of like well, you know from that point onwards Gus has kind of been fueled by revenge and that's kind of what has kept him going this whole time and yeah you know, he will get his revenge type of thing um and you know like I think to kind of cut back to the, you know him being in the scene with this man who who you know killed this friend or lover or whatever he, he ends up being you know I think that that's um you know it's a it's a really really important scene really isn't it
0: 100 percent and I just, I really hate to think that this probably won't make our top five <laughs> because it's just, it's it's sad. It's sad to think that a scene this powerful and amazing cannot make it. I'm not saying cannot make it. I'm not saying it's 100% not going to make it. Maybe we just, these five scenes are now, I, I think I'm firmly in my head thinking that are going to make it. Uh, might not make it, but um, it's, yeah, it's just it's incredible. Like I just kind of even the lead up to that moment, just the acting that you kind of got from you know Giancarlo and the guy who plays Max is just it's just incredible like the way they kind of switched to panicking and just kind of the way they kind of you know going there and and everything as well, but even um just everything here with the, the, the cartel guys. Like, it's just amazing. This guy, Stephen Bauer, who plays Donald like, he's amazing. Like, he's so, like, he's only in it for what, two episodes, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, Which just, it's insane. Cause I want, I want a spin off of this. I want the cartel spin off. I'm, I'm like, they're so badass. And just cause the way this kind of plays out, like, the, I, I know what's going to happen, but even I jump every time I hear the gunshot. Like, it just, it scares the shit out of me the practical effects are just amazing. The way you kind of got this slow-mo and you've got like the way you've got the blood pouring out of Max's head and he kind of slumps slowly to the side. And just the way, as you were saying, like it's shocking to see Gus just jump up and react that way. The slow-mo with it kind of just him like yelling and shouting. And then just the way, like going back to my point about the acting with the, the badass. cause you've got, you know, Juan is holding back Gus, but you've just got Hector just staring at him. You've got, Don Lardy just sitting there, like, this is just a Sunday. Um, who cares? And then you're right, like, just the laying down of the law, like, this is how it goes. And it kind of, you, you now kind of get why Gus is sending messages earlier on in the season by killing Victor in front of people, right? Like, it's kind of, it's a nice, like, parallel to think that he learnt this from having this kind of in front of him. But, oh, God, it's just, it's just, and, like, just forcing him to watch Max, like, die right in front of him carlo Esposito's like just everything about it i'm seeing here that he was nominated for an emmy for this episode he lost to aaron paul um right. so i mean like okay you're gonna lose to your cast member fair enough um and aaron paul aaron paul won it for uh end times which is still yet to come in this season but um God, like, it just – if there was one season that Aaron Paul couldn't win, like just for this episode alone, like, Jesus, Giancarlo, it's – wow. Just – it's inma- it's amazing. Like, you know, maybe this this season we just have to have tied for fifth place of the following five <laughs> scenes. Like, I mean, we've done sneaky ties, you know. I think it was Third Watch and Lost Coverage before when I infamously fought for Boone's death to make the top five. But, um, yeah, ah, God, it's just – it's so goddamn good. It's such a – like – This scene alone elevates this episode into the place that I'm going to put it in when we rank it in just a second. Like, I just, I love it. I love it so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much more we really need to say about it. It's just, it's just, it's just such a good scene and um, incredibly memorable. Um, and um, you know, like without spoiling too much, it's only going to get better when we we kind of get um, almost the second half of this the story plays out in a couple of episodes time. So um, if you think it's good now, I think it's even better in retrospect once you get the full kind of story behind that.
0: Yeah, no, and it's it, you're right. Like, I mean, I probably still. I like this probably more where we I mean, not to take away from what we're going to get with this moving forward, but um, I don't know. There's just, again, like, as I said, like, I just, I still jump scare in my seat whenever I hear that gunshot and I know what's about to happen. So it's like, it's, I love that. Like I always talk about kind of that famous scene in house of cards, which kind of just, it's the rewind, like, Holy fuck, what just happened moment. Uh, And we've still got a very famous moment like that to come in this season as well. So um, yeah, just so good.
1: Mm yeah, and so I think um, in terms of any of the kind of trivia behind that, I think we've kind of like, you know, we, we've we've really kind of touched on most most of the kind of trivia points as we've talked through this episode, but I think probably the one that um, we kind of haven't really talked about is the whole thing about Gus's backstory in terms of, the you know, where he was in, from in Chile and kind of my Breaking Bad book says that there was a big kind of backstory written that kind of never really gets talked about on the show, which is that he was yeah, in the kind of secret police of, of Pinochet's army in, in Chile, and then so when that fell in 1986, he kind of moved to Mexico, and um, and and that's why there's kind of no records of him. So that's the real kind of short story behind that. But um, yeah, kind of kind of makes sense, I suppose. I could see him as a secret police or you know secret service or something, in and in a, in a dictator's. You know that, that feels right. Well, the um
0: of course he's in the Giancarlo Visetto is the the lead villain in the the latest Far Cry game which I believe at the time of recording this is only days away from being released I mean, part, by the time people listen to this, the game's been out for months, but, um, and like, I, I've never played the far cry series, but I, I want to purely on the fact that like, they're promoting the shit out of this because Giancarlo Esposito is the main villain. Like he's the, on the cover, like all the trailers. And I, I'm pretty sure based on what I have seen, he is playing a dictator of a South American or a, you know, a Latin American style country. So, <laughs> Um, I mean yeah you're right like I you can kind of see him doing that kind of that and that's kind of like when you' got those lines saying like we know who you are um and I like I also love one thing I love too is kind of when um uh, what's his face one bolster, is talking about the whole um sorry don la is talking about the whole like the Mexican like you know sort of bagging out Chileans kind of you know mm-hmm. like obviously it's sort of you know I mean I don't know a whole lot of people from Latin America but like I, I've, I've got some Brazilian friends and I sort of know their thoughts about certain countries around Brazil. Like it's kind of interesting, like you and I hate each other, right? Because we're Australian New Zealand. Like I I love hearing these sort of like little rivalries and kind of, you know, thought processes, which aren't always, you know, joking like the Australian New Zealand rival. Like obviously (laughs) they're probably a bit more distasteful in that part of the world, but I like it. I kind of like hearing this, you know, sort of the Mexico V
1: uh, Chile sort of uh, angle that's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just trying to think. I think don't I don't think there's anything uh, particularly interesting in the rest of the trivia to talk about um, that we haven't already it's always <laughs> very in-depth about kind of like theories about
0: brothers and and kind of like if they were lovers and and things like that the one here which is interesting uh, Stephen Bauer Donladio and obviously um, Mark McGgolis Hector saying that they reunite in this episode after having co-starred in scarface so there you go. Mm. They're not typecast at all, are they? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what are you playing? This ah oh, drug lord from South America. Okay.
1: Yeah. What else is new? Yeah. Yes. So I think they can probably move us into um, rating this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's any big surprise. Uh, you've already given yours away, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, oh, 100%.
0: It. Not even a question. Um, yeah. Don't even have to think about it. Uh, it all comes down to the ratings and uh yeah, I was tossing and turning between two spots, but I've gone for number three I've put it in um I, I I was thinking does it go number two do I like it more than the pilot um and maybe in retrospect I'll regret this but again, I just I just I'm very partial to the pilot. it is the episode that sets everything up and, Kind of just it always at, and obviously still I have Better Call Saul at number one still. uh. But, look, I I, I can't say that Better Call Saul is going to end up at number one because, I mean, look, there's one episode this season which I maybe will automatically put at number one because it's so good. Um. So, yeah, like at number three for me, I think it, it's easily a top ten, at least at this moment. It might go down the ranks moving forward. But uh, right now it's easily a top ten for me. And I'll just quickly add The Ringer has it at number 16. So uh, there you go, which is two spots lower than fly. But, hey. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah,
1: correct reaction. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) We need need to sit down with those guys. I think we need to have like a shared podcast and and talk talk through what they oh, were thinking on, Nick, they it's the
0: ringer there. they're hipster and cool <laughs> they're not coming on the oz network
1: <laughs> well i mean yeah i mean it's, a, it's an easy buy for me too i've got it a, a little bit lower than you i've got it i've got it a tenth um and um i've got it just below The Bags in the River, um, which I think kind of is a similar one in terms of that real kind of like shocking kind of death in, in the episode, which is you know, obviously similar to, to Hermanos. Um, so yeah, I, I think probably like you, I think as we talk through this more, maybe I might have this a few spots higher, but then I kind of look at the episodes I've got above that, which is like Cornered, Box Cutter, Better Call Saw. they're all great episodes. And so I kind of just thought, oh, at the moment, I just don't think it's quite there. Um, but yeah, it's, still- a great episode um and yes yeah, so i think when we kind of you know when we get to the end of the whole thing i might just have a quick run through and it might be one of those ones that ends up being a wee bit higher once we kind of um we we have a you know, a full kind of look at all the episodes together but yeah fantastic episode and um absolutely a good shout for for a top 10 that's for sure
0: I completely agree. And it'll be interesting, actually, to see if, I mean, it might stay in the top 10. I mean, you know, we've obviously, uh, what are we up to now, like episode 41, so we've only got 21 episodes to go. And uh, I guess, realistically, there could be seven better episodes that push it out of the top 10 for me. But, uh, I mean, I can automatically think of two episodes that uh, have a high chance of going higher than number three on this list. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's in with a good shot of, of sticking in the top 10 by the mm. end of uh, all these episodes. hmm
1: yeah and i think kind of that moves us into into bug which is the next episode and um i think that's another one that's probably not as explosive as this one but it's got a fantastic ending like the, the last the last scene in that episode is is just so much fun as well so um yeah i think it's just another great kind of building block as we kind of move towards the the end of this and we are kind of like we are turning the, the corner towards the home straight now aren't we
0: yeah i mean it picks up the pace so much kind of with what we've got coming forward and um like, I think I said earlier, like, there's two potential top fives to me. Again, sadly, none might not make it. But, uh, yeah, the ending of the episode I love. Like, I, I kind of – it's a build-up that you've kind of been getting for, you know, four-odd seasons. You know, Walt and Jesse finally hook up. Yeah, they're together. Um, But <laughs> there's a, there's another scene in it which just – it's – God, badass us Like I just, I fucking love it. Like it's just so epic the way it kind of plays out. So uh, I love that moment. But the bad news—we got some bad news next week. Nick, we have to break it to our listeners, don't we? Ted's <laughs> back. Ted, Ted's back next week, folks. Ted, Ted I think it's.
1: Back. I, th- I think I think it's one of those things of like it's actually quite a. Um, you know, I think if you're going to bring him back, then have a good reason to. And I think I think yeah. we definitely kind of get it. A, I a, agree. You know,
0: and we get fun, Sky- Like I, I have to say, I keep talking about how Skylar just is awesome for the rest. Of- like, I love the-, the one scene with Skylar, Ted, and the, uh, the IRS guy, which I just, Anna Gun pulls off this type of character so well. Like, uh, like she's so good in this show that I kind of want to see a spin-off character of uh, Skylar 2.0 that we kind of get a-, a version of next week. I put it in the quicken. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to put it in the quicken with Skylar, like, uh, it's kind of fun, but yeah, I actually like, look, Ted's a pain in the ass, but I got to say, like, I can, Kind of tolerate Ted in the next few weeks because this storyline has a pretty good ending. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And it's kind of a kind great of like ending. Kind of, yeah, and it's kind—it's of, kind of quite weird in terms of like he kind of comes back after such a long break. It's like, oh my god, this guy's back. But yeah, <laughs> I think I think you know we were pretty harsh on on the first iteration of this, but I think we're probably going to have uh, more reasons to talk about this with you know like being being happy about talking about this one potentially in the next uh, the, the next few episodes anyway. So, but we will definitely get there when we get there Um, in the meantime um, make sure you're following us in all the usual spaces where you follow us all the the, um, social media make sure you uh, go and have some fried chicken and think about us Um, whatever it is you do that uh, while you're listening to these episodes uh, make sure you do that Check out what else we've got on offer at, um, at uh, the Oz Network, um, whether it be movies or TV shows. There's plenty going on, so um, go and check that out. Um, but, yeah, until next time, it's it's been a lot of fun talking this one through. Um, my name is Nick, and um, I have no idea why I'm here. <laughs> and
0: my name is Ben, and it's the Grandparents polka. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on facebook twitter and instagram